Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. <laughs> I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Mr. Colin Parker. Mr. Alex Taylor. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Doing well. What you been up to? Uh, I've been up to a couple things. Been working on some myth take stuff. Uh, yeah. Been working on that. Because we are doing a little bit of some weekly things with that. Been working on some new sponsors for the yeah. network. Uh, and this episode is being recorded a little earlier than usual because this weekend I will be in Ohio, or I guess this past weekend from when you're listening. Yeah. Um, but in the future of this recording, man, that's confusing. Th that, um, I'm already confused. Colin. I know. Uh, I will be in Ohio <laughs> with the Reeds, helping them with their uh, live stream of a haunted house uh, tour. So, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun, and I'm sure there's a ghost that's going to touch me, and I'm going to get a little freaked out. Um, not like in a weird way, I just mean like tapping me on the shoulder. Just like, um, hey, you didn't ask. Like, yeah, and I'm going to be like, whoa, hey, I can't see you, that's not cool. It's too uh, close, what about too you? close. What about you? Um, I have been... You might need to cut that bit out. So um, I've been working on a couple things. Um, I've been working on designing teaching tools in Max MSP. There are some... Sometimes with some students, they ask a question that I don't... Or like they ask for a resource that like I can't really find online. Like for example, like ear training tools, right? So instead of like trying to like dig around and try and find the best thing online, I figure, well, not, why not try to make it myself? Because then I can like develop it as like the students develop that mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, I've been practicing, writing music. Actually, um, recently, I actually this past Monday. So the two days ago from when we're recording now, if we're gonna like start getting temporally weird, um, I finished the um vocoder corral that I was working on. Uh huh. And it turned out about as bad as I imagined. But that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, for those that don't know what a vocoder is. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like the talk box for guitar thing. Like you are talking into the mic, but then you're like playing the notes and then it's, it sounds. It's like the bit in um, hide and seek. Yeah. You know that like, what the hell is yeah. going on? That part, like that's all vocoder. Yeah. Or like a uh, Mr. Blue Sky by the Electrolyte -like Orchestra. Oh Electric yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I love Mr. That. Blue Sky. I so, love like, that part. So um, the, uh, the YouTubers Hat Films recently put out a, um, they do a lot of like improvised songs. Mm -hmm. And for one of their songs from a GTA video, they put out like a whole arrangement for it and someone did an animation for it. And it's, it, it if the, so the source material itself, not to say it was bad, but it, it's like a joke song, right? So then mm -hmm. you're, that's the material you're working with. So then it's not going to be, I don't want to say not any better than that, but like that's, you kind of get what you're working with, right? Right, 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 right. Like so, you're only as good as the, as like the, uh, like the resources that you can work with. Yeah, pretty much. So, and now that I finished that, I was thinking, hey, what if I like made a whole project out of this? So, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. But yeah. uh, now I have Mr. Blue Sky stuck in my head. Well, it's not the worst thing that could happen to you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not a bad thing. I'm just saying like, I'm sitting here in the whole, I mean, I was definitely listening for the dun, entire dun, dun, time dun, in my dun, head. Dun, I was dun, just hearing dun. the Mr. Blue Sky, Mr. Blue that part like that little yeah the all that vocoder part like yeah, yeah, yeah also the thing that makes me upset about things like that is that i can never pick one part to just sing because even just there right i start on the middle part and then i sang the higher part as this on the second line so it's like you know, it's there's just so many cool things happening all at once you can't make me pick one well you know where i thought that was gonna go what's that i thought you were gonna say you know what upsets me about vocoders 
No. Hey, you know, look, <laughs> I think vocoders are great. I think they're that, great people. No, but I think vocoder is cool because it's like using auto tune without it being, um, like try like without it being something where people are trying to hide something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the times you can hear something and you can tell something's been auto-tuned. And I don't mean in the way of like, you know, T-Pain. I mean like when someone's like trying to be like, oh no, this is how I sound. But you can tell that it's sort of fake, right? And then it's like you're hiding behind that. But like when people use vocoder, it tends to be something where they don't, like they're taking one piece and expanding it. Yeah, it's an intentional thing. Right. Like it's, it's it's a, I mean, in a way it really just is an instrument within itself. Yeah. Right. You're sort of taking multiple sources and combining them to become one new bigger thing. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. So last week, Alex and I talked about Malala Yousafzai and all of the great work that she does for education, mm-hmm. uh, for, for women, especially in other countries and for women's rights all around the world. Uh, and so this week, Alex is going to be talking with me about... Well, let's take a step into the elevator, and I'm going to pitch Maya person to you. So, okay, my choice for this episode is actually on the list, but not for the reason I was initially thinking. Um, he and his wife created a new form of content and wrote to the Wait, front sorry, page. Sorry, my my bad. Sorry, on the list, you mean your personal list or the uh, Forbes list? The Forbes list. Okay, cool. Just just yeah. was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he and his wife created a new form of content and wrote to the front page of YouTube for a while before. Um, before my selection decides to create his own model of support for creators. My person this week is Jack Conti of Patreon, Pomplamoose, and his own brand of music. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, they initially got onto the Forbes list in 2011 for developing a cult following through YouTube and selling 100,000 songs on iTunes in 2011 without a record deal. Wow. Um, Actual fun fact about him that this is actually not why I chose him, but he actually provided the voice of the teenage boy in The Sims 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, uh, do you remember on the Tech TV, they were a channel, like, in the early 2000s, maybe a bit before that? Maybe? Uh, It's, it's, I mean, like, I don't have any recollection, but, like, as you're describing, I might go, oh, yeah, 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 that's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so at a certain point, they became G4 and had, like, Attack of the Show. Yes, okay, yep. Yeah. See, the second you said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So before they became G4, they had, when they were tech TV, they had a show called Extended Play with Adam Sessler. Okay. And that that eventually became X-Play with Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, I think. And he, I, if I remember correctly, he was actually on that show with the person who did the female voices and they were having a conver- conversation in Simlish. Oh my God, that just sounds <laughs> like a nightmare town. Yeah. It's actually, well, if I remember correctly, it was actually pretty funny, but that's kind of like a weird way. Like, if I remember that joke, I think it was funny. So that's kind of dumb. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I think I think I remember laughing at that. But no, yeah, I feel that. The other thing is that like it could be funny for a moment. Yeah. And then after a while you're like, okay, this like, is okay. too much. Yeah. Um Go ahead, sorry, my bad. Okay, fine. So um I'm gonna go from a couple of different sources here. So first let's start with his LinkedIn. So if we're looking at his LinkedIn, we have um we don't have a whole lot, but so he he attended Stanford University, um, received a Bachelor of Arts in Music, um, and since 2008, he's been a producer, musician, songwriter, and filmmaker for Pomplamoose. Um, and then he, since 2013 to now, he's been the CEO, CEO and co-founder of Patreon. 
So on LinkedIn, it states that Patreon's mission is to fund the creative class. We love people who make stuff and we want them to make more. We want them to be more powerful. We want them to be powerful. So yeah, that's cool. And for some for some um, statistics, so from his Patreon, he has over 3,595 pledged per video with over 1,000 patrons, but he hasn't uploaded a video since 2014, and it, I don't see a reason why, but, well, I ha don't see a reason why on the website, but I'm pretty sure it's because, you know, the whole CEO of Patreon thing. Right. Um, If we're going by his YouTube channel, so his, so Pomblamoose, they... So that's the husband-wife duo of Jack Conti and Natalie Dawn. So okay. it's a lot of mashups, video songs, and remixes. So his personal um, YouTube, which has a lot of similar things, has about 328,000 subscribers. Pomplamoose has about almost 500,000 subscribers. Um, notable videos are the, the Daft Punk Skrillex remix, which has about 13 million views. The Mavici Wake Me Up remix has had about 3.2 million. Um, he's also made review videos for Electroharmonics pedals. Well, Electroharmonics, they're a company that makes um, guitar, bass pedals, mm -hmm. and those became featured on his website. Um, and the video songs, so with a video song, that's kind of like a, it's a music video for a song, but it's more just capturing the tracking. So like anything you hear in the song is something that you see in the video, right? Okay. Whether it's like a drum hit, whether it's like a guitar or a synthesizer or pedals or whatever you see in the song, right? So those were actually have been pretty popular too. So they have between like 1 million and about a hundred thousand views. Now the, his channel has been in, so his personal channel has been inactive since 2013, but that's also, you know running patreon right. um and the pomplamoose channel so that's similar stuff with like originals covers and video songs um they've actually picked up um putting up more content about a few months ago um their cover single ladies has about 10 million views which is another video song other covers have <laughs> similar amount of stuff and natalie dawn also has her own youtube channel with tons of good music so yeah very nice very nice yeah. So for those of you that don't know what Patreon is, I probably should have actually done this beforehand. But so on Patreon is a way for fans to directly support a creator in a time where YouTube is steadily becoming less of a stable source of income, especially for up and coming creators. Many creators have turned to Patreon to support their livelihoods. The idea itself actually came from YouTube. Uh, Mr. Conti would earn a fraction of a cent for every person who watched a video of his, and he wanted to create a more sustainable source of income to support his current projects and future projects as well. He mentioned the idea to a former roommate of his, Samuel Yam, um, a founder of the mobile ad company AdWorld. I think, um, so with like any mobile apps you use, I think that's what the... It, so if it's like a mobile app and you see like a lot of ads, I think that's what like the ads come through. I don't know if you've seen that before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and Patreon... Yeah, and Patreon was launched in 2013. So um, a lot of the information that I'm, that I'm going to pull is actually from BuzzFeed and The Verge. So I'm not going to be able to touch on a lot of this stuff. Uh -huh. But if you want to check out more of this, feel free to... So if you just look up, look up The Verge or BuzzFeed and just anything about Patreon. But there are two specific articles. I'll see if we can link them for the description. Yeah, yeah, uh, for description. sure. Yeah, we, can, we can put that in there. Yeah. So if we're looking at the website... So I'm going to give you a couple examples of people who have found success through Patreon... So let's make a game out of this. So okay. I want you to guess who the person is. I'm going to give you the amount of patrons, the amount per video or okay. per month. And I want you to guess if it's per video or per month. And then I'm also going to give you what type of creator they are. Okay. I probably won't know the names of people, but okay. And I'll give you a hint if you need. Okay. Okay. So um, this actual... So they're an acapella group, I'll give you that. They have 3,308 patrons giving 15,277 per video. 
that's about $4.60 per person. God, acapella. I don't know. I mean, like, is there any other kind of thing to go off of there? It's the name of a musical scale. It's not pentatonics, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. Oh, is it? Okay. I didn't know they, they were on Patreon. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this next one, you actually might not know him. So um, it's a guy by the name of Cuckoo. He's a um, European <laughs> Eastern musician who does a lot of gear reviews, live improvs, and compositions. Okay. So his so the page doesn't say how much he makes, but he has 986 patrons. Um, and then um, for podcasts... So actually, here's another one. So for podcasts, uh-huh. this group has 22,342 patrons pulling in almost 100,000 a month. And they or Chapo Trap House, or Chapo Trap House, however it's pronounced. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know them either. Wow, okay. Yeah, and they also have um, other options for people who are involved in video and film, comics, comedy, crafts, DIY, drawing and painting, games, science, dance and theater, writing, animation, photography, and education. So, yeah. Yeah, they definitely, they certainly do have a lot of, um, they certainly do have a lot of, uh, uh, of options out there for artists of all varieties to to do stuff definitely and so regarding their fee structure actually well their business structure so the creator sets their own tiers of support so you can do either like one dollar per thing two dollars whatever and you can also Uh set up like the amount or like the how often or like what the condition for the pledge is so you can do like a monthly fee you could you could do like a per thing like if it's a video or whatever right um you can i think they can you can also charge up front as well and there are different options well what else um so patreon takes a flat fee off the top so there's the five percent and then there's about five percent for transaction fees the creator keeps the remaining 90 percent right yeah. So regarding the fee structure, they actually ran into some controversy when they announced changes to it. So yes, they were... that was huge. That's like that was like what January, February of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea was that they wanted to give the creators more, so ninety five percent as opposed to ninety percent. But there was going to be an additional charge that was going to be paid by the patrons themselves. Right. Yeah. So many creators had an issue with this because there was no discussion with them before these changes were announced. On top of this, many patrons stopped supporting because they would have to be paying more in order to contribute to their to the creators. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in order to give five dollars, they would have to give like eight dollars or something like that. Like I can't remember what the actual math of it ended up being, but it was like in order to actually hit the specific goal number that you were giving, you you had to give even more. To hit that number, and it was a lot of people were like, I, I can't no. do that, dude. Yeah, and that specifically, it was like more intensely impacted creators who make more income through like the one dollar and two dollar tiers because all of a sudden you right. go from like one dollar to like three dollars, and it's like, say, if you have like 20 people you support, then that bumps up to like 60 dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So, but Patreon, so one thing about Patreon that I like is that they are they're very open with the community like they are right. they, they have a conversation with the community right even if people disagree with what they're doing or what they're saying they still talk about it and if, if there's enough conversation or if something is bad enough then they will change it so a week later after they announced these changes they announced they weren't going to actually roll these out and we're going to work with creators to actually come up with a better system right so which is very good because like you know Again, I think that's a thing of like they learned from YouTube, right? Because yeah. YouTube would be doing these things and like it was just not 
right. They kept trying to change things up and like they would change the way that people were getting paid and then some people were going to stop being paid. And I was like, look, you're barely paying people to begin with. Like, I don't understand what this like really stingy new thing was all about. Because like, I, I mean, in the end, YouTube is kind of honestly losing out on money by that, by doing that. So it was yeah. very confusing um, how that was working. And like, no one really understood what that was all about. So, you know, the fact that these people were like, were able to, the Patreon rather, was able to then turn around and go, okay, clearly, like, this is something that, you know, people are like upset about and yeah. they don't want this thing to be rolled out. And we're not going to just go, well, doesn't matter. You're going to have to take it. Like, yeah. they were like, okay, let's learn from this and how can we move forward? Yeah, definitely. Well, and it also, another thing with YouTube is that they're not super transparent about the changes that they make. Like, when, like, what, well, maybe this is a good thing, but, like, what causes a video to become more popular? What causes a video to actually show up in searches, right? What are the right. things that you need to do to actually have something show up, you know? God, yeah. No, trust me. <laughs> I, I get that. <sighs> like, it's it's difficult to get things to show up where you need them to. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, so we talked about the structure. So they've also run into some issues regarding censorship. So just as so just as Patreon provides a source for all creators, so as The Verge puts it, it can also fund echo chambers for people with repugnant views about race, gender, and sexuality. One example being um, Carl Sargon of Akkad Benjamin, who at the time of the article makes about five thousand dollars made about five thousand dollars a month. I think he makes about eight thousand dollars a month now, but he. He was involved with the whole Gamergate thing, and honestly, I'm not super equipped to talk about it, but there are plenty of better resources out there than me, so right. if you want, then please check that out. Um, but in 2014, Patreon actually made its guidelines on content stricter, specifically regarding doxing and harassment. They actually, um, so they, Patreon usually does not ban someone from their platform. But they banned alt-right media figure Laura Southern, who tried to t stop a European search and rescue boat, boat from searching for refugees, and they banned her for, quote, activities that were likely to cause loss of life. Jeez. I mean, that's good on that, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, um, and also regarding content, they ran into some issues when they updated their, oh, they updated slash clarified their policies on adult content. So, right. initially, they didn't the adult content was kind of out on the fringes of the term, not like the terms of use, but like the kind of content they would have. But say if you were making a new page, they would specifically say if something was like regarded as like adult material. Now, like NSFW stuff, not safe for work. Yes. Now, in 2017, they actually um, they clarified um, fictional um, adult content to um, bar like more specific kinds of stuff. I'm sure you can imagine the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people actually had an issue with this. So, well, so Patreon themselves, they provided creators a chance to change their content, also working with creators and stating that removing a page would be the last resort. Um, and they also stated they would suspend pages. So basically the page wouldn't get any new pledges and they would, they would also stop pledges until the creator med made the said changes to their page. Mm, now okay. this also affected other this so with adult content on patreon 
they make it hard to find, right? So they don't specifically put it on the front of their page, but it's still out there, right? If you know who you're looking for, you can find their Patreon. Now, critics have said that this meant that sex workers who were unable to change or censor their work to fit the new requirements would then be losing their income and that expression of their sexuality, and that they would have no place on their platform. And now again, I'm not, there is way too much, way more things to cover outside, way too much to cover with this. So again, if you do want to check this out more, definitely check out the Verge and the BuzzFeed articles on this. But yeah. Right. And at this point, we're not here to necessarily comment on like the adult industry or anything like that. We're we're more of talking about like this, let me try this again. We're more of talking about this specific uh, program and service, Um, you know what I mean? But like, I mean, I feel like if there was a need to talk about what that kind of industry deals with, you know, there's that there's certainly a lot that can be discussed on that. Yeah. Um, But that's not what this is about. So like, I I agree with you that like, that's something that we, that would, I mean, uh, that would honestly be something that would require an entire episode on its own, I would imagine. Certainly. Um, so, you know, if you do have questions or concerns about that kind of material, you can write to us or uh, or what have you, or just like Alex just said, check out those links. Yeah. So, uh, for right now, let's just real quick break this up and hop over to the marketing department. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of these sponsors of ours. And then we'll come back to talk about some of the lessons and everything. Sounds good. KitchenAid.com is the official online store for KitchenAid countertop appliances and kitchenware. From stand mixers to cookware, coffee makers to toasters, KitchenAid is a dependable and quality household name. KitchenAid countertop appliances and kitchenware have a reputation for being the best in their class, and right now our listeners can get up to 40% off select countertop appliances. Just go to bit.ly slash scavkitchen, that's S-C-A-V-K-I-T-C-H-E-N, scavkitchen, bit.ly slash scavkitchen, to get up to 40% off select countertop appliances. I'll actually have to take advantage of that. So my partner and I were going to be um, moving pretty soon into a actual house. And we're going to need some of those gosh dang appliances to actually make the gosh darn food. So absolutely might be using that. So think weirder thoughts. Contemplate life's biggest mysteries. Okay. Giggle until your giggler is sore. I'm there. Listen to Paper News Out Loud for your weekly absurdist news venture into a stranger plane of existence. Your hosts, Florence and Diane, bring you the facts, made-up garbage, sarcasm, and jokes you crave. Tune in every Tuesday to learn a thing and make a laugh. Find Paper News Out Loud on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out on Twitter at Reality Out Loud. Also, speaking of things that you should check out, uh, why don't you also check out Myth Takes? It's our brand new show here on the Scavengers Network. It's a rotating cast of network members playing a game of Monster of the Week. So, if you're ever sad on the Thursdays that the Adventure Zone isn't airing, we have you covered. It's got all your favorite Scavengers Network folks from videos and podcasts alike, an original score, sound effects, and all of our hot takes and great goofs in and around myths, legends, cryptids, and so much more. And uh, I think with that, 
we can uh, head back out, back down to the main show. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. So, Alex. Colin. You have some takeaways, I believe. I've got a couple takeaways from this. So, I guess if we go back to his background. So... if we go back to his LinkedIn, so we have the producer, musician, songwriter, and filmmaker. We also have the CEO, CEO and co-founder of Patreon. So, and his education is from Stanford University Bachelor of Arts in Music. So, just going by his background, it's really inspiring to me to see someone who came from a similar background, has pick up, picked up other skills along the way, and has blended them into such an interesting way. So often I felt stuck in my position by my upbringing, education, and previous decisions that it's been difficult to think I could really learn anything else, be anything, or be anything more than what I, what I currently am. But he's blended performance and composition, filmmaking and editing, entrepreneurship, and finding the right people to get where he is today. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that because, you know, one of the big things is that, like, especially for people of our generation, yeah. um, Underemployment is kind of a big thing for yeah. for our generation specifically, mm-hmm. uh, and also you know I think sometimes we feel pigeonholed, maybe yeah, into the few things that we think that we're good at. Um, but you know, a lot of the times people of our generation end up developing a lot of really interesting secondary skills, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term, because they are trying to find. Um, Find their thing. In a way, that they're basically what's happening is people are trying to find their way through through life, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of things to circumnavigate, but there's a lot of really cool opportunities out there, and things like Patreon are some of the only reasons that some artists can make a living, right? Yeah. Whether that means that they are, you know, holding a day job and then using Patreon to sell their services or what have you outside of that. Um, or if that means that they are actually just making this their, their full-time job. Yeah. That's the only way that some of these folks are, you know, really kind of being able to do things like that. So Patreon is, is a kind of service that, that's, that's honestly pretty necessary to artists of all variety. Certainly. Um, you know, whether you're, uh, not say for work artist or whether you're a person who draws puppies, uh, doing, I don't know, like just getting into crazy situ- situations or something you know i would actually um be a pretty hardcore patron for that that sounds yeah like awesome. puppies in in places they shouldn't be just Pup- and not like colin places. colin we, f- we 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 found our bed uh we found it okay, puppies hey, in places gonna, we did be, it colin we, we did it we can retire we finally we can retire <laughs> this show is over as we are now going to be switching over to puppies in, in places in places um hey yeah pat Come hit us up. We need, we need an artist for that. Patreon is a is a valid service, and it is a service that is pretty necessary, again, to many people's livelihoods, and is something that can be supplementary or a, a much, much larger improvement to a place like YouTube. And if, if Patreon were to be able to take it a step further and start to... Um, start to maybe try and get into some of the game of, you know, free video software and stuff like that. And yeah. having a place where you can have free videos uploaded, but then some things are for patrons only. Um, I think that they can make a pretty big run at YouTube because yeah. one of the big things for YouTube is that they're 
Google, right? So like they're a monolith. They, they no one can touch them. Yeah. For to a certain extent. But what if they did? What if what if people really started coming after them? Um Definitely. I think that you would see really quickly um changes in YouTube. That, yeah, changes in YouTube. If um if you know people like Jack Conti and Patreon tried to kind of come for that throne a little bit. Yeah. So actually a couple so I want to touch on a couple of things that you'd mentioned. So the first thing is pigeonholing and education, right? So mm-hmm. we've both been through the ringer in the educational system and it I guess a part of the I, I don't well let's think about it. So with um high school and well going up into high school, that's more of like a general education, right? So you get all of your general courses done, you get like your education, then you kind of get through it and then you kind of figure out what to do from there, right? Right. It isn't until college where it starts to get more specialized. Now, my problem with the education system is we go in with not with more of a general approach, and then we come out not knowing what we want to do, and then we go and well, unless we specifically find something in high school, but that I don't know if that's like super encouraged, right? You just kind of like find something you like, and then you stick with it, right? But then right. in college, it's like you get stuck in your major. And then you have to make a decision. Is this something that you want to end up spending money on for the next four years? And then you're just kind of stuck with it when you graduate, right? Yeah. So like with the music program that I was in, like there was a little bit of initiative with taking courses outside of like your performance and your theory and stuff. But overall, like it didn't really, I felt like I wasn't super prepared for like, what if I don't want to be just like playing classical guitar to get all of my money? What if I want to go into editing video and editing audio like to do that i'd have to do a totally separate major but why can't there be some like interplay between things right right there was a teacher that actually that i had when i was at the school i was at who tried who if i remember correctly tried to get more of this like kind of not not necessarily generalist but just more prepared more versed in technology and more versed in like knowing the skills that we're that we might need once we leave Mm. the classroom the performance hall right so, yes. I mean, if this wasn't so much of a problem, then maybe I wouldn't be as amazed, but it's just like, because of this pigeonholing, it's just nice to see like, wait, someone actually did it, right? Someone got mm-hmm. did more than just like the performance, did more than just like the music degree, and they found something beyond that degree, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, seeing people kind of break free of the mold that they think that they have to follow yeah. as well. Um. And that's, you know, and that's another thing is that also Patreon is kind of nice in the sense that a lot of times people think that you have to become famous in order to make it as an artist of any variety. Yeah. But services like Patreon, I think, frequently prove to people that you don't necessarily have to be... Okay, so I I don't remember if I've mentioned it on this show or somewhere else, but so there's a musical, right, called uh, Title of Show. Mm-hmm. And there is a lyric in that show that is something that has stuck with me. For years now. And it says, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Yeah. And I totally agree with that because you could be nine people's favorite thing. And sure, maybe they'd only be giving a dollar each. And who knows? So maybe, maybe at most or at minimum, right, you're making nine dollars a month. Yeah. And maybe that's not exactly making a living. But there's nine people out there who you know are out there at every given chance talking to their aunt, to their next door neighbor, to their mother's best friend from work or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, 
they are turning around and going, you know, oh my gosh, okay, so I follow this guy online, and he does all this really great stuff, and like, I just really love it, right? Mm -hmm. And they're out there just spreading the good word about you. Yeah. Um, And you never know. Those $9 could then multiply to 18. They could then multiply to 36, right? And all just continuously moving up. Yeah. Just because these nine people are like, this is my favorite thing. Yeah. And maybe at that point, you have your nine people's favorite thing and a hundred people's nine favorite thing. But at the end of the day, you still have those nine people who are going out there and just like shouting to the rooftops about you. And you don't need a record deal. You don't need to have a mother company that has, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, Patreon and like a service like this, like this, this definitely is something that, you know, takes, I think, a lot of... Uh, Chutzpah. It t- well, it takes, yeah, certainly <laughs> takes a lot of that, but it also takes a lot of smarts to understand how this sort of industry works and how how you can get around certain things and how to make things in a way that people can contribute and then how to make sure that people are staying true to those things and saying, okay, you're saying that you're going to give this person $20 a month for blank, but like after five months, if they haven't done anything, yeah, right, should you still be paying them? Maybe not. We're going to talk to that person. Yeah. Um, or saying, hey, you know, you can pay 20 bucks a month to this person who does not safe for work content. But just know that like all this stuff can't be shared outside of this place because reasons. of very specific reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, like cosplayers and stuff like that. And maybe some of that is safe for work and maybe some of it isn't. Yeah. Um, as well. Right. And there's a lot of people who certainly make a lot of money doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Someone who I admire, his girlfriend is a person who uses Patreon for cosplay stuff. Yeah. Um, that's Meg Turney, who's Gavin Free's girl. Yeah. Um, and you know, and but the thing is like that's what she does. I mean, she does she does streaming as well yeah. and she does video game stuff, but that's her main thing. That's her main bread and butter. And like, you know, that yeah, they're very with that. comfortably off yeah. of it. Right, exactly. And, you know, there's other people like whatever we call it, a podcast that you and I both listen to. Yeah. They have a Patreon. And, you know, it's not necessarily pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything, but it's certainly paying for like the Libsyn mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of people using this to at least pay for the small fees to help them do their passion projects mm-hmm. and feel like they aren't, you know, like... Here's probably a really good summary of everything that I've just been trying to say. Yeah. I think a lot of the times before you had services like this, you would have a lot of adults who would grow up and say, I took a nine to five job and I really regret not continuing on with making music or continuing on with making art. Yeah. And part of the reason was because they didn't have people to consume that and there was nowhere to share it. Yeah. And so it just was sort of this like fruitless thing. Yeah. But imagine how many people who are in their 50s and 60s now who have been going through like midlife crises because they can't seem to get to their passion projects anymore. If they just knew that Patreon was something that they could be a part of and could maybe get that followership, follower, get that following that they've been looking for. 
I feel like you would see so many more people are just happier with life in general. Yeah. Um, well, and even if not finding, like going through Patreon, just like not putting down the thing that they had picked up when they were younger just because, oh, well, that's kid stuff. I need to be an adult now, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, my thing is like, you know, obviously you can, can now, especially with the internet, you can share it with anyone anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about Patreon is that if you're like, well, I really want to get into painting, but I don't have the money to continue to buy the paint and the canvas. Yeah. And then having someone who is like on Patreon, like, well, dude, I'll give you 20 bucks a month if it helps pay for that canvas. Yeah. You know? Um, And someone else is like, well, hey, I'll contribute to your paint fund. Yeah. You know? And then suddenly you can paint all of the sunsets and portraits and whatever it is that you paint, you know, much more often. And then maybe you're just like, well, damn. Yeah. I feel much more fulfilled in life. Yeah. Um, So people like Jack are taking, are, are bringing opportunities and resources to all sorts of folks who probably at the end of the day wouldn't even begin to know how to set up some sort of subscription service to their own services and art and renderings and et cetera, et cetera. Well, and it also gives a way for like fans of a person to actually be able to directly support that creator themselves. Like there is, um, mm-hmm. there is a musician that I follow by the name of Jeremy Blake. He has a channel called Red Means Recording on YouTube. It is great stuff. It's a lot of like gear reviews. He does like a lot of improvs with like specific synthesizers, make songs out of it. And people were like telling him, hey, make a Patreon and we'll like pledge money to you monthly. And he did it, and now he has, like, another stream of revenue, right? So not only does it make it easier for the creator themselves, but it also makes it easier for the person who actually wants to do the supporting. If someone's passionate passionate enough about it, they'll find a way, but at least this makes it easier, right? Absolutely, yes. So, yeah. So, um, and I guess the other way, well, the other takeaway I took from this was regarding, like, their fee change. So, understandably, they wanted to make it, they wanted to change it so they would be giving more support to the creators. But it seems like a good idea to keep your people in the loop before you roll out major changes that could drastically affect them, right? I.e. with taking a clear stance on sexual content when there was already sexual content throughout their platform, or even with the type of content or like, I guess like regarding political figures or like political stances, like I imagine a platform would not want to take like a kind of stance where it's like left, right, up, down, so on, but at least find a way to clear the air regarding like policies, types of content, and types of people they actually want on their platform, i.e. like someone who wants to stop a refugee boat, right? Right. So. Well, what about you, dear listeners? Um, Is there a... Is there a lesson from Patreon and Jack Conti that we can be taking to that? That's not an, an English sentence, Colin. Uh, is there basically is it? Oh, my God. Let me try that all <laughs> one more time. So what do you think our dearest, dearest listeners of Journey Under 30? What are the different things that we maybe overlooked here in Jack Conti and Patreon's uh, rise to the top? What are things that they did that we can learn from, that we can all learn from, to help us make our mark on this world? You know, one of the big things about this show, it you know, obviously we're saying we're doing what we can do to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30, but the whole point of this whole thing really is to help people of our generation and our age group kind of understand a little bit easier how to make their mark on the world. Yeah. So what are some of the lessons that we've been talking about, and maybe listens and listens? What are some lessons, maybe lessons that we could hear? 
or maybe some lessons yeah. or whatever you want to talk about that, you know, that from all of these people that we've discussed, these are some really great careers and projects and services that really have just shaped our lives and many other people's lives. And we want to be able to learn from them so that someday someone can look back into the past and say, man, in 2018, Colin Parker and Alex Taylor had this show called Journey Under 30, and they talked all about blah, 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 blah. And this is how it helped me get to this point. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a cycle. So how do we all learn from that, from our current history, much as people of our past have learned from their history? That's a great way to put it. I think so, too. And, and I think it's a great place to end. I think a, that's a great place to end, too. So, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news, reviews, and interviews video series about the arts world. Or, if you're looking for more podcasts, try out our other great shows on the network like Spooky Spouses. You can find the video series and others on our YouTube, or you can find our podcasts wherever you choose to listen to them. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. You can also find me on Twitter at a tale zero or French at music. I'm also on Instagram with that as well. And you can find both of us at Scavengers Net, which is also on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, it's Scavengers Network, yeah. actually. Sorry. Yeah. Um, now, I would also like to take this moment to thank Mr. Alex Taylor for the use of our theme song throughout the show. Oh, thank you. In the beginning, the middle, and the end. So Woo. thank you, Alex. Well, thank you, Colin. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually put my gosh dang sounds up in the airwaves. Well, there you have it. Now, uh, this episode is coming to you fresh in your ears. Live. You're listening to this live from Saturday... No, no, <laughs> damn it. Live from New York. And I did the exact same thing Jeb did in whatever we call it episode when they talked about Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I said, live from Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Okay. It's like you're, you're related or something. I know. You're listening to this episode on June 5th, uh, which means that the next episode will be coming to you on June 19th. Woo. So we will see you then. Thank you for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And I'll see you on the Forbes listing. And I need you to tweet me an outro. 